This is Betsy Jensen, and you are listening to Unstoppable Body and Mind, Episode 79, Client Success Story, Healing Back Pain with Kathleen. In this podcast, we learn to upgrade our brain and understand the power of our thoughts to heal and to create the results we want in our life. Become the person in control of your healing and make peace with your life. Become unstoppable, body and mind. Kathleen, welcome today. I'm so happy to have you here on the podcast. Thank you for having me. So Kathleen is a client that I've been working with for about three months. We just finished our 12th session, actually. So I wanted to bring you on the podcast because I think it will be inspirational to people to hear your journey. So could you start by just telling us a little bit about yourself and what kind of pain you had and what drew you to mind-body coaching? Okay, so my name is Kathleen. I am a mom of two young boys. I have a 10-month-old and a -a two-and-a-half-year-old. I'm married. I am a practicing generalist OBGYN, um, and I've had chronic back pain for eight years. And it started in residency when I bent over to pick up a computer. Um, I, quote-unquote, threw out my back, um, had a ton of back pain, ended up getting an epidural injection then, which um, helped, and then um, have struggled on and off the last eight years um, dealing with the pain. I'd get flares about once or twice a year where I just wake up. Usually I couldn't connect it to anything physical other than I would just feel like, oh, my back's flaring. Um, I'll be on value, Motrin, rest, and then gradually get better. Um, I did have initially MRI imaging that showed I had a L4, L5 disc herniation. So in my head, that was my diagnosis. I had a disc herniation, I had a bad back, um, at a weak core. I had to be careful. Um, I gave up things like yoga because yoga would too much twisting. And then my most recent flare was, um, I gave birth almost a year ago. Um, and I was two weeks before I was supposed to go back to work. Um, I woke up one day and I couldn't walk. I was in extreme pain. It probably was the worst. It was the worst flare I've ever had. And, um, except this time I didn't get better. So I got better enough to go back to work, but I was in constant pain. Um, I was on, um, Valium for a while that wasn't helping. Um, and I can't work on, uh, benzos. So I was just on Motrin and, uh, I had a big, a wide opening experience when I went through a whole bottle of Motrin from Costco and I was like, Oh wow. Like something, something needs to happen. Yeah. So how did you decide to do coaching on the body and mind? Um, great question. So I saw a couple PTs during this flare. I had got another MRI that showed my L4, L5 herniation was gone, but I had a bulge mm-hmm. um, at, at like L5, S1. I was also having sciatica. I saw a pain doc who did some trigger point injections. And then the next stage was an epidural. And um, I, I think because I have two young kids now, I, um, just did not want to do anything invasive. And I just felt like I was going to quickly go down this path of epidural injections and then surgery. And then I just, I had a lot of fear about going down that path. 
You've seen um, that, right? In your family? Yeah. Yeah. So a little background, um, back problems and pain, chronic pain is a big part of uh, my family. Um, my mom and dad both have um, chronic back pain. A lot of my aunts and uncles do. Um, I think like three or four of my aunts and uncles have had fusions, back fusions. Um, so there's been a lot of, uh, I've had a lot of examples of what can happen with chronic back pain. Um, yeah. And except they're, all their pain started later on in life. There is no one who has been young as me. And so I think that drove a lot of my fear was that my pain starting at like 20 years before anyone else, like how am I going to look 20, 30 years from now? Yeah. And in fact, on my intake form for my latest pain doctor, he's like, your only risk factor is you're so young in terms of like risk factors for being like, even though I wasn't on yeah. any narcotics or anything like that was like, and I, that just like burned in my head. And I was like, you're right. Like I am young. Why, why am I in so much pain? Um, and then I was listening to Katrina Ubell's podcast and you came on that podcast and, um, it was just a, I finished that podcast knowing I had to work with you. It just like, it was just a burst of intuition that, and I've never heard of my body. Um, I didn't know any about these neuro circuits and I, you know, I'm a, classically trained Western physician and didn't get any training on this. Um, and so it just, it honestly, just intuitively, I was like, I, that's me because I never had an injury. Mm -hmm. Like I picked up a computer and, and when I would tell my story to people, I'd always be like, it's so weird. I just have a bad bag. I picked up a computer, like uh, as though that was just fact, like, yeah, you can yeah. pick up a computer and herniate a disc, you know, like, and that was like my, my reality. Right. Yeah, I remember something you told me on the consult too, because you were starting to get curious about, you know, mind body stuff. And you had said that you do surgeries and that you had like seen some people that when you opened them up had endometriosis and had no symptoms. Can you tell me more about that? Yeah. So I, yeah, so that, that totally got me curious with my own experience. Um, I am a gynecological surgeon. I do gynecology surgeons in addition to obstetrics and um, sometimes I'll do surgery and I'll do place a scope in someone to look for a laparoscopy for like assist and then the, their belly is full of endometriosis and they would they had no pain we were just doing the surgery because we incidentally found a cyst on ultrasound versus I'll have a patient who's had years of chronic pain on narcotics we finally do surgery and there maybe is like a drop in, of endometriosis and so like, I always, and like, I've seen this my whole training, like we kind of talk about it, but like no one's, there was I've never really in discussion. And I, I think, well, then sometimes there'd be the discussion of like, oh, well, their pain's not real. And so I think that's also what drew to me, drew me to you is that, and also to the resources you pointed me to, it's all pain is real. Like right. all pain is real. Like right. it's a hundred percent real. Um, because yeah. here I was in so much pain. And when I really looked at my MRI results again and read them over, like it, they could be age-related MRI results, but I could barely walk. And I was really struggling being a mom and really struggling being a doctor. And um, so I, it was, I was like, okay, there's something there. And also I see it in labor, right? Like women cope with labor very differently. Oh, true. Very differently. Um, yeah. And it's, it's, and like, we say that though all the time, like, oh, she's like in a mental spot where she's got it. Exactly. Like she is like her, it's her brain. Like, 
Right. But all that pain is real. Like however you go through labor is a hundred percent real. Like whatever you're feeling is like a hundred percent your reality. Yeah. Uh, So I did have a lot of examples in my clinical space. I just didn't have the knowledge or the words or the terms to like thoroughly understand it. Yeah. So how did you feel about making an investment like this when you didn't really know much about it? Uh, it was, it made me nervous, um, honestly, but I talked to my husband and he, I have a very, very supportive partner. Um, and, uh, I knew I had to do something. Um, uh, and I just wasn't at that time ready to do more invasive medical procedures. And mm-hmm. so it was, it kind of felt like this, I, this was the option and it was worth the investment. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we, we talked like, my health, there's no, there's no price tag for health. So, um, yeah. and I also like, I was having a lot of, uh, confusing and emotional thoughts about working and being a mom. Um, and I knew kind of intuitively like that was interplaying with my back pain. And so, um, I figured it'd be like a two for one, which it was. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's what I love about combining the life coaching with the pain stuff is that you know, some weeks people are feeling really good. We don't even talk about pain and it's all about relationships and it's about reframing other thoughts and about confidence. And so, yeah, that was really, really smart of you. Good intuition. Yes. (laughs) But I think that sometimes, you know, for people who aren't, you know, really sure what they're going to get, it can be scary. Were you confident that you would get results? No, because I questioned it a lot. And, you know, I, you saw me, I struggled a lot. So, um, yeah, I was, I know. So I want to say I was very confident, but, um, I'm not afraid to take risk. And so for me, this was like, I, I figured no matter what, like I would learn some good coping skills and I definitely needed coping skills. Mm -hmm. So, um, so even if it was just helping my mind, that was. Yeah, that's true. A lot of people, you know, buy coaching packages just to work on their mind and they're not working on their body too, but just the mental tools and skills and reframing that you can do and the ability to manage your emotions and express your emotions and label them, all those things. Yes. So helpful. And I, I've, um, I've been through therapy on and off throughout the years and I, I felt like, um, I didn't necessarily need a therapist, but I definitely needed some life coaching. (laughs) Okay. And how would you distinguish in your mind, the difference? So, um, I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't having any acute, like, I mean, I was having some anxiety and, you know, some things were making me sad, but it wasn't, there weren't, it was very, for me, obvious what I was struggling with. And I knew I needed a reframing of it that I not necessarily needed to develop into where I was in my life. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I was struggling a lot being a mom and working like point blank and working front lines in a pandemic. Like this was like yeah. on my dish. This was a lot for me. Um, and so I just, I knew, and I knew I was having so many negative thoughts about it. Like I, so many negative thoughts going to work, um, having a really hard time being present Mm-hmm. for my patients and then coming home and being present for my kids and my husband. I'm very much like a feeler. Like I can feel things, you know, yeah. I can feel things very well, but I had, had a really hard time, like figuring out where the feelings were coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, this was also so hard because like feeling 
was so painful. Like to feel my body was like so uncomfortable, you know, like massages were uncomfortable, taking baths were uncomfortable. And I think that's why I was eating and drinking more because I was like, I just need like, I, and like, I think there was a part of me that wasn't even able, I was just trying to numb out. And like, I wasn't even like feeling my body, like what felt good to put in it, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. Cause I also knew like, I love being a doctor and I love being a mom and I love being a wife. Like, yeah. how do I get back to that place? Yeah. Yeah. Cause you weren't like, you know, laying on the couch, unable to function. You were, you were functioning, but totally. you were just not comfortable and not happy. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Gritting my teeth and getting through day to day, taking way too much ibuprofen, but yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Did you have concerns about starting life coaching before you started? I did. And I, and part of my struggle was, um, I was afraid I was missing something physical and, um, I being in, in life coaching, being a doctor was a blessing and a curse, um, a blessing that like the neuroscience stuff, like was, I was, I had some basis of knowledge. So it was, it was cool to get into it. And you sent me a lot of good resources and I read some books and like, I ate it up. Like that was awesome. But the cursed was like, Oh, but something could be wrong with me. And like, again, I had evidence in my life of people with chronic pain and multiple surgeries. And this is what happens. And this is basically my path. And it's just a matter of time before I start getting my first surgery. And, but then like stepping back from it being like, why do so many back surgeries fail? Like what, what is really going on here? Um, yeah. So, and it also for me, it's through my medical training, um, med school, and then in mostly in residency, it's, um, at least for me personally, it kind of pounded my intuition out of me because oh, it was yeah. so much of like science-based and research-based and gold standard. And, um, for like a perfectionist people pleaser, like there's so many opportunities to, um, throw yourself at the work and also to fail. And, um, I think through all those experiences, like my intuition just got pushed down, 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 down. And so, um, I think for me, the fact that like my intuition said to try this out, I was like, every time in my life when my intuition, like was full on my face, like mm -hmm. brought me my husband and my son and yeah. to you. <laughs> so <Yay. laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. So that was like, that was, that was like the biggest thing for me was like, okay. Um, my intuition saying that there could be something more. It didn't mean that you weren't still concerned or afraid or it wasn't that you were a hundred percent sure. Yeah. Yeah. At all. And one thing I teach a lot about, and, and I love with this body work is that we do be, by becoming more aware of your body, you become more in touch with your intuition. Do you feel like that's true for you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. And then, um, I think you talked about it in one of your podcasts or I, yeah, I feel like I, that was emphasized before I started to. And so that, yeah. um, or maybe it was on the podcast with Katrina, but like how people, when, they, when they get through a mind body experience and are able to get to the other side of it, like when they start to have symptoms again, they know that that's a check-in for them. Like what yes. is going on in your life? Like take a moment, evaluate, um, and for me, I was like, oh my gosh, that'd be amazing. Cause sometimes I get so wrapped up in, you know, the busyness that I forget to really sit and like feel what's going on in my head and my, my body. And yeah, when we started together, it, it can happen, but it doesn't happen with everyone, but you actually 
started getting more pain. Do you want to talk about that? Yes. Yeah. So, um, about a week. So I decided we did our free consult and then I talked to my husband. I think pretty quickly I signed up. And so the following week, um, we had our first consult. And I think I woke up the next day with horrible sciatica. Yeah. Um, and that was new. That was a new symptom and it was awful. Um, and the sciatica was my last symptom to leave. It only left a couple of weeks ago. Um, and that was really scary for me because, um, sciatica was always, it was the symptom that brought me first, you know, eight years ago during residency to my diagnosis. Um, for me, like I had a tons of fear around sciatica that that would be like, I, I'm losing weakness. I'm losing motor strength. You know, I even had a PT tell me, you know, recently like, oh, your motor's a little off. And that like sent me spiraling, you know, like, you know, I would tell you sometimes I'd be like, I, I'm going to be in a wheelchair. Like, I'm not going to be able to work. I'm not going to be able to be a mom. Like, you know, like oh I would gosh. just catastrophize. Um, yeah. So I definitely got worse. Um, yeah. But, uh, and I think in the pain habit or something, it says like, it's not uncommon to get worse. And then just logically, I knew I woke up with it and I did absolutely nothing. Like right. there was no injury. So I tried to when I would get like spirally with fear, I would try to focus on that, that like Kathleen, you know, you literally woke up with it. Like, there's nothing like, come on, like yeah. think logically, you know? And so at that, that helped me too to be like, okay, this is interesting. And then yeah. the somatic, the somatic tracking helped a ton. So when I was having big flares, um, you know, we would do somatic tracking during my sessions and then I would do it on my own. And that was a huge tool to, to also like make myself believe that my body connection, because with somatic tracking, my symptoms would resolve or at least greatly reduce. Right. Um, so that was, that was about a big of my retraining, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah. Cause you went from, you know, kind of like muscle spasm, tight muscles in the back mm-hmm. to like burning, tingling, sciatic pain down your leg, which is a more alarming symptom, something that could indicate real damage, nerve damage. You know, you were stressing out. (laughs) Yes. And then, and it, and it took, you know, a couple weeks. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of got worse. And then, and then things started to shift for you. Yeah. Yes. Things started to shift. Um, it started to get better. And then I plateaued for a while. And then my favorite emotion frustration was like having a heyday. I was saying for me, that was like one of my, um, I think most useful times with our sessions, because in my head, I'm like, this is it. Remember, like, I'm never getting better. I'm a 95 year old. Like mm-hmm. this is, it's fine. Like, you know, and then you would be like, okay, last week you told me you were taking ibuprofen three times a day. How much did you take this week? Oh, I'm just taking it at nighttime. Oh, you're like, well, that would be an improvement. Like I really needed, and then I'd be like, oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah. It's, I see that all the time. People's brains forget. Like, I'll be like, do you remember how you told me? Sometimes I love text coaching because I'll yes. be like, I'll screenshot what they wrote because <laughs> our brains, we stick to our old story yes. at the expense of any other evidence. Yeah. I remember, yeah, I remember one stressful week in particular and I actually was getting better, but I was kind of in a pissy mood when I saw you, I had some stressful stuff that week and then you pointed out everything. And the next day I felt totally better. I'm like, oh yeah. Okay. She was right. <laughs> I am getting better. Yeah. <laughs> but I needed that accountability. Cause like, 
And even though I'm a journaler, and then we tried like a lot of the different journaling, um, the prompts did help. Um, I did daily journaling for a while. I didn't feel like it was super effective. Um, so I think that's also something great about you, Betsy, is that you had so many different, um, okay, that didn't work. Well, let's try this. Or, you know, yeah. so it's just so many different tools until something like worked, you know, and, yes. um, and, and I, the accountability was huge for me. Like, oh, you're like, okay. no, this is Kathleen. This is like clinical evidence. Like you are getting better. I'm like, oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> Were there any results that surprised you about this process? Um, yes, I just feel a lot more joy in general. And I remember when we were working through this, you're, you, one thing that I really liked is like, choose an emotion to link when you feel good. So when you do something, choose an emotion. And for me, um, one of the first symptoms that went away was I was having a lot of pain, uh, when I was nursing my baby at night, um, like I couldn't sit. And so nursing him to sleep is like one of my most treasured times of my life. You know, I just love it. Um, and so it was really upsetting to me that I would be uncomfortable and shifting and this and that. And so that was one of the first things that I got better was I could, I realized I could sit and nurse him and not have pain. And so it was joyful. And so it was like, okay, link the joy, link the joy. And, um, and then as I got better, there was just like, even now, like I'll pick up my two-year-old, um, you know, I didn't pick, I didn't pick up my two-year-old for five months. And like, lately he he's always like saying carry me mom carry me and I'm like oh like he he knew like I couldn't I couldn't pick him up you know and um so the joy there like I just and sometimes like I'll I'll be bending over to stretch and like or bending down to like pick up a blueberry off the ground and I'm like I don't have pain and there's like joy like so there's yes. there's like these like moments of like throughout my day where I'm like oh man I feel good this feels joy like this is great amazing I think you said something too about even at work, um, more presence with the patients. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm enjoying, yeah, I'm enjoying being a doctor again, which, um, this far into a pandemic is something, <laughs> you know, because I was feeling right. tons of, um, overwhelm and fatigue and burnout. Um, and I think this flare uh, not, I think this flare was due to the fact that I was going back to work and my, um, when I, I was pregnant, I got pregnant right before COVID hit. And then, so I was pregnant during, I'd worked in my, you know, my entire pregnancy and it was in the beginning where we, you know, I didn't even have masks and, you know, we didn't know what would happen to pregnant women. And, you know, <sighs> as an OB, you run into rooms anyways. Um, it was a super stressful time. And I was just like, gosh, I can't believe how well my back's handling this pregnancy. Like I'm doing great. Uh, and then, and then like, you know, two weeks before I'm supposed to go back to work, like my body's like, you can't go back there. That place almost killed you and your baby. Like that's yeah. danger, danger, danger. Um, so I had so many, and then like, I also had a lot of feelings of not wanting to leave my children, which I never thought I would have. I never, you know, lots of, um, stories and conversations in my mind of what it means to be a good mother and um and then that that a lot of identity shifts within me because I didn't think I would feel like that um so so anyways long story short short to say that I was having not much joy at work um and just yeah these last couple weeks like I've just been able to be a lot more present in the room and like really hear my patients and listen and um not feel as 
get home and not feel as overwhelmed and um, just have a lot more enjoyment connecting and, um, you know, helping them as much as I can and also getting the goodness from them too, you know? Mm -hmm. Also when I'm at work, like um, I've even gotten more, some like more positive patient reviews. Cause I think like, and a lot of them have like put like, she really listens to me and I'm like, cause I am <laughs> like, you know, oh so gosh. this is amazing. Yeah. And, and it's like, I am a lot more um, present in the exam room. You know, I'm not, cause I'm not looking at my schedule, like who's waiting for me. I'm like, okay, this is, this yeah. is who's waiting for me. Like, this is where I'm at. Yeah. I am. And my head's not multitasking. I'm like, have, I'm less overwhelmed. I'm less exhausted. Mm -hmm. um, I enjoy it more. Yeah. I know. And I really like that thought, like I may choose to stop operating someday, but it's not going to be due to my body. Oh, yeah. That's super yeah. empowering. That's so powerful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So powerful. Yeah. Because that was something you were worried about. Oh, totally. Yeah. But I was also using it as an excuse, right? Like yeah. if it got too hard or too stressful. So I had, I had those really hard hysterectomies and I left like feeling like, I'm done. I'm not operating. It's too stressful, blah, blah, blah. And then like a day later, I was like, or what if I had these hard cases because it's making me a better surgeon so that like I am less stressed overall because now I have, because I did that really hard surgery and I learned a lot from it and yeah. the patient did great. Like, uh, you know, I definitely built skills then that I, I'm just going to be a better surgeon, you know, instead of having like, instead of looking at it as a reason to quit, like I'm looking at it as a reason that it's making me even better. Oh, I love that. Sounds so resilient. You know, we don't have to eliminate all the stressful experiences in our lives because that yeah. we actually want the, the challenge, right? Like Ooh. in some ways we can't get stronger if we're not like lifting weights and challenging with resistance. Yeah. Yeah. But it's yeah. not a bad, it doesn't, that's not negative. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. What about your activity level? How's that been? Oh my gosh. I'm like back to Pilates again. Um, I'm back to riding my bike. I'm like stretching now and moving more and, mm -hmm. you know, doing things that, um, feel good in my body. I really, I just also wasn't feeling good in my body for so long, you know, for a while then when I was in a lot of pain, like I would, I got like an acupuncture mat and I would part of my like stress was like doing tapping meditations on that. And now it's like in the morning, I, instead of doing that, I'm like doing 15 minutes of yoga. And so I get to move again and it just, it's delicious. It feels so good. Like, it's just in my head. I'm like, like, I always thought if I lived by the ocean, I hope I would never take it for granted. I don't even know why I have these thoughts, but I do. And so like right now, but this is like, I'm living by the ocean right now. Like, I hope I never take this for granted. You know, like I hope I never take how good my body feels right now because it's like it's like it's like living by the ocean feeling right like it's just feels so yeah. good <laughs> yeah it's like you have a totally different view of your future versus someone in a wheelchair and needing yes. surgeries yeah and on disability yeah I'm like I'm gonna be on disability yeah yeah <laughs> all these wild thoughts yeah. yeah amazing amazing shifts and just three months. I am so amazed by the, especially where you got worse and then got, got completely better. Yes. So you wouldn't say that you have chronic pain anymore. No, no. Yeah. And, and we talked about, you know, there might be some flares that come here and there, but that's the main thing is if it's chronic and you've had it for a long time, this work can help with retraining your brain. So it's not that habit. So it's not the persistent pain. Yeah. Which is, um, 
it's huge. And I think even like my, um, the visualization of what my body looks like. Like I, I think I used to tell you, I used to have that like steel egg yeah. in my back. And now like I picture my back more like um, malleable, strong, but malleable clay. Like I'm Amazing. able to bend and move. Um, and it's actually, that's funny. I was thinking about that. I was like, where did I get that steel egg from? And I used to like back when I was like a growing woman and like going through things, I used to be like, things would get tough. I'm like, I got a steel rod in me. I got this. Blah, oh no way yes and I just actually thought about this today for some reason I'm like that's where that came from and then like I'm like no but I'm different now now I'm like strong clay like I can bend and move and transform because I have like you know just the process of becoming a mother is so transforming but I'm still strong you know yes I love that that is yeah. so interesting that you realize that I did. I was like, yeah, it was such a weird visual that just wouldn't go away. And, uh, and sometimes it's kind of like, I do think our pain tries to protect us in a way, right? Like mm -hmm. I have, I'm, you know, the strong steel rod, like this is ideal. I want to be, yes. you know, but if it's not serving us, <laughs> then we yes. can let that go. <laughs> yes. So let's see, what was it like to have weekly sessions? Oh, I, the accountability was huge. Um, it forced me to take, also take the time for myself. Um, but part of my like struggle being a mom and working is either I was working or being a mom. Like that's it. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't was, really have much else. Mm -mm, Cause I had all, yes, both all ends. these guilt about if I, because I worked when I wasn't working, I had to be home with my kids. Yes you know, yes. even though sometimes that'd be mean, like I would like be looking on my phone or like, just, I would give myself no time to decompress. So for me, um, the weekly sessions were huge because it, it, it forced me to take time for myself and talk about myself and check in with myself and yeah. see what stories I was making up that week and <laughs> which even... ones were serving me and which ones weren't. Yeah. yeah. You didn't ever feel like uh, I don't have anything to talk about. <laughs> no. <laughs> stuff, right? <laughs> yeah. I think so too. Because, you know, our human brains, we can always uh, stress ourselves out about things. And mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. And I think even sometimes like when I'm like, oh, I don't have much to talk about, we'd end up coaching on, you know, my job or being a mom or, you know, things that were huge and, you know, needed to be worked on. So, yeah. All right. Well, what would you say if there's anyone on the fence of uh, thinking about doing some coaching for chronic pain? What would you say to that person? Do it. 100% <laughs> do it. It's life-changing. It's transformative. It's, um, it, it, it just gives you so much um, power and um, wisdom and intuition um, that goes to all parts of your life um, and just makes you a better human, you know, like it just, you can like see things now when you're, when you're less reactive and more neutral, like everything's just a little smoother. Mm -hmm. I loved something that you texted me. I'll, I'll try to paraphrase cause I don't have it right in front of me, but when we were talking about what shifted, I even mentioned it on my podcast last week. You know, I said, what, what really shifted for you when you started really getting out of pain and um, you know, it's like you had this really big transformation of like confidence and and you did say that it was like you had started really believing that you could handle all of it you could handle working you could handle being a wife you could handle motherhood do you remember that 
Yeah, it was, it was like, um, I got me like, no matter what, like I've got, I've got myself, like I'm fine. Mm-hmm. You know, like at the end of the day, like I'm fine. Like I, I can do this. Yes. And, and no one can live my life. Like I can, you know, like I get, and I get to, I get to live this great life and you know, I've got me like, I can take care of myself. Like I can trust myself to take care of myself again, which is huge. Cause like the pain came on because like, I wasn't, I didn't think I could take care of myself. And, you know, this is such an interesting time of life, but like being pregnant in a pandemic, you know, like I was not taking care of myself, you know, like, yeah. and so yeah, it makes sense that my body was like, no, you, you forgot how I need to like, you know, make you not work because this is a dangerous place and you didn't listen. So yes. I think really, really learning and trusting myself again. I think it was the biggest shift. That is huge. That's something you'll be able to take with you the rest of your life. <laughs> oh yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. Amazing. Well, thanks again for sharing your insight, for being willing to talk about your journey. I'm sure it's going to really help people and be so inspirational for people who have struggled for years or might feel similar, you know, concerns but you're a shining example of what is possible and how transformation can happen relatively quickly, you know, after eight years of pain to be completely chronic pain-free in three months is phenomenal. So it's huge. It's like work. Thank you, Betsy. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you learned a little bit about your brain today that helps you in your life like it helped me. Please be sure and subscribe and leave a review. And of course, be sure and share this podcast with someone you know that wants an unstoppable body and mind.